Welcome back to What's on Your Mind. I'm Dr. Gene Bresson. And I'm Dr. Steve Schlossman. And we're child psychiatrists at the Clay Center for Young Healthy Minds at the Massachusetts General Hospital. Here's what we'll talk about today. Today we're going to talk about, I think, kids' favorite holiday. And that's Halloween because they get to get dressed up in really cool costumes. They get candy and treats. And uh, it, I think it's the most fun. And we're going to focus today on the challenges parents have in kind of dealing with Halloween and some tips for them about what they should do with their kids. But before we start, Steve, you are the zombie doctor of the living dead, right? You love fear. You write. Yeah, my, my you, mother is so proud. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, um, write, you write about these things. And, and so maybe you should kind of tell us what is it that makes us enjoy being scared? So it's really actually it's an interesting question. You can imagine it's interesting at a lot of levels. It's interesting just intellectually. It's interesting to Hollywood because that's how they make their money. It's interesting to me as a writer, um, as, a, as a fiction writer. As best we can tell, almost everybody enjoys to some extent having their brain tickled in various ways. And the way scary things tickle your brain is they make you ask why you're scared. It's called a metacognition. So it's not just I'm scared. It's why am I scared? Why does that dark alleyway in this movie that that character, despite my better judgment, he's going to walk right down it. You know he's going to do it. Why does that scare me? Asking that question of yourself seems to be associated with people showing up again and again and again for these scary experiences. They have to know that they're not truly scary experiences. Well, wait. Is, is, this, is this a way that they overcome their fears? I mean because the question is why would you even ask? I mean it just scares the heck out of me. Is it one way that we actually can overcome our yeah, basic so there, fears? There is, there is um, a fair bit of data and actually some debate in the literature about whether people use scary movies, roller coaster rides. Uh, as you work your way up, you get to things like parachuting, bungee jumping as a means of overcoming what otherwise would be a relatively anxious kind of personality set. And there's a debate about whether that's the case or not. So maybe this is also true why Grimm's fairy tales and, and real, you know, creepy, scary kind of like, you know, fairy tales and bedtime stories are like they're, – they're, they're in almost every culture, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I mean th- – so this is the thing. I it's no secret. I really love scary stuff. I, I not super scary stuff. I don't like the slasher things, but I really love scary movies. I like that moment when there's the flashlight goes out and they're in the the tunnel. I, I just think those are fun moments. They're they're intertextual moments, and by that I mean you know what you're watching as you watch it. The problem then that comes up for me, especially during this time of year, is I don't know that my kids both like it as much as I do, and I worry sometimes as a parent that I might be foisting on them the things that I like. Well, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's true. So one of the challenges I think all parents have is really knowing your kids and knowing what they can handle. So one thing I think we want to get across is, you know, you as parents are experts in your kids or you know your kids better than anyone else. And, you know, one kid can handle something really scary and freaky and another kid is very, very – they're holding back and they don't – they want to avoid that. So maybe parents have to kind of help their kids either approach or avoid things that could get them really freaked out. Yeah, so, so it's, it's a really important thing. So we don't ever, under any circumstances, please never force your kid to watch something that's scary because it's good for them. That, that makes no sense. If your kid is shaking in their boots and saying, I really don't want to go here. Look, look, when I was eight years old, my folks took me to this warehouse downtown where there was a haunted house going on, and they just were kind of tickled that this thing existed – we went in. I was so scared. I, I could still smell that place, that sort of dusty warehouse, and they had me stick my hand in this, like, bowl of cold noodles and said, these are brains you're feeling. 
I was so frightened that my mom started yelling, he's afraid, he's afraid. And as we went into each room, she yelled, he's afraid, he's afraid. And we, we made it out there in like 11 minutes flat. It was supposed to be like 45 minutes in there. That was a mistake. So what my parents did in, in a really nice way later was say, you know what? We kind of got it wrong there, Steve. We're really sorry. And that allows me to think back on that with actually some nostalgia, to smile as I remember that. I had a very similar story where I really screwed up as a parent. And my um, second daughter, Caitlin, who actually I thought was a real tough kid and, you know, she was a jock and she was – She is a tough kid. I know is, her. <laughs> she's, real, she's a real tough kid. So here she is at age eight or nine and she's wearing her Cinderella dress and she's – her beautiful silk Cinderella dress. And, and then I took her down to a neighbor's house and it really looked creepy and there was fog coming out and she was a little – she was a little wary. But I said, come on, let's go in. And then we stepped over and then all of a sudden you heard – and then we stepped in this thing, jumped out of the bush. She took off across the street. She ran to the fire – in the middle of the night, I mean, ran to a fire station across the street because she knew that the firefighters would protect her from these horrible – I was never so upset and embarrassed because here I was telling her, no, you can do it. So You she, are an she, awful father, Dr. Bress. <laughs> I took her home. She didn't want any – she didn't want the candy. Yeah, I said, right. come on, we can go to another house. We can have some candy. Uh, she's done. Game you know, over. <laughs> so I, I had to really kind of apologize and, you know, and, and, calm, and calm her down. So maybe we can start there. You know, as parents around Halloween or any time, but Halloween I think brings us up a lot, especially if you have siblings who are different ages because some siblings might want to have some experience that yeah. other ones can't have. You're probably going to make a few mistakes, as, as my right. parents did or as you did, and as I'm sure I have with, with my kids. When you're aware of that, the worst thing you can do is not to acknowledge it, and I think most parents right. do. But if you sometimes the shame is so great that you tend not to do it. Apologizing for it actually can turn what was, you know, initially a negative experience into actually right. something pretty pretty great. Right. Um, and you know, while we're at it, let's think about kids of different ages. Okay, so let's start with like very young kids, like preschoolers. Yeah, so this this is where the Clay Center starts to sound a little bit like a broken record uh, because we're always saying think developmentally, think developmentally, but that is super important. A three-year-old is not a five-year-old, it's not an eight-year-old, it's not a 14-year-old. So toddlers, preschool kids, and even school-age kids are still very prone to magical thinking. But by that, I mean they don't say A leads to B leads to C. They say A is associated with B. So if something bad happens, it must be my fault. I must be the one who caused it. If that movie is scary, maybe I'm the reason that movie is scary. Maybe I'm directly responsible for my fears in that movie. Or they may think that what they're seeing is actually real. I mean they can't tell the difference between reality and fantasy. And they may actually be terrified yeah. that these ghouls or monsters are actually going to come charging up and, and, and go and get them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I started writing, um, I was writing some pretty creepy stuff. And my youngest daughter uh, was then a toddler. I kept her away from it. I just didn't want her to see the right. stuff that I was writing. I mean, there, there were illustrations. We need to really be careful on, around this age group. I think I would stick to the princesses. And, we have to um, shelter them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so then we get to the older school-age kids and middle school kids and some of these kids, you know, may have a – there may be peer pressure of saying, come on, we're going to go out and we're going to do something really scary. You know, and the kid might not be ready for it. One tip that I would say for a kid like that is you should really take them aside and talk with them in private about what they can handle, what they can't handle, and have a conversation with them because they're old enough to kind of really get in touch with what they – can, can handle and, and you know what? I might even uh, push back on that and rephrase it a little bit. Wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say what you can't handle. I would say what you don't want to handle. 
That's good. Y- you might not want to do this. Yeah. Um, and if you don't want to do this, how can I help you to get out of it and save face? Because remember, at middle school age, it's all about the group. It's all about cohesion. So what can I do as your parent to help you not have to go on this Well, thing? I may, I may as a parent say, you know, you tell them that I'm not letting you go. Yeah. I'm not going to let you do that thing because that way the kid can save face and, it, and I'm the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the role that parents have to be willing to step up and play. Well, you can always manufacture reasons that help your child to save face. And they don't, you know, just because they can tolerate it, they might not want to. Right. And we need to give them that permission. That's right. And now teenagers. Teenagers, you know, now they may actually do tricks that are kind of dangerous. I mean, okay, I don't, I never like it when my trees get trashed with toilet paper or eggs get thrown. But, you know, sometimes teenagers might actually do things which are, you know, really dangerous, like, you know, carry a real knife or a real, a real weapon uh, of some kind. Uh, and, you know, it's dark. It's dangerous. There may be alcohol and drugs involved. I mean – Yeah, so this is a question I've actually been asked by the national news, like how much is enough and how much is too much for high school kids. Here's what I tell parents to, to say to their, their teenagers. It is true that this is a night where it's okay to cut loose a little bit more than, than we would say otherwise. And everyone's expecting that. Having said that, there are police everywhere, and that's a good thing. The police are there to make sure that nothing bad happens. You should not carry a real knife. I know that seems like it ought to go without saying, but sometimes that's, those are exactly the things you have to say to a teenager. The other thing I remind them of is um, you know what's safe to do, and if you take five extra seconds to think about what your friends are asking you to do and then it still seems like a bad idea – don't don't do it. Um, it's it, come up. Use me. Use your parent as a reason not to do it. But remember that mistakes can be made, especially on nights when you feel like there are no rules that you can't get back. And it's very important to reinforce the fact that drugs and alcohol are forbidden. That driving, particularly, it may be very dangerous on Halloween. I never wanted my kids as teenagers, you know, over sixteen, seventeen, to be driving to various unknown places, uh, cars were, un- were off limits. So, we, so when you get right down to it, Halloween's not any different than the other time, right? It's, it's, no. This is a time to remind your kids to think carefully. It's the same when we did the podcast about going to concerts. It's almost the same exact advice. Right. I guess the main part here is if you're somebody like me who really enjoys this time of year, enjoys the genre of horror films and stuff like that, got to make sure our kids are into it also. Having said that, I showed my daughter poltergeist the other day a movie i remember being horrified by, and she said that tree's not real that tree that yanked them out of the window so maybe the bars change a little bit but you know i'm not going to show her the exorcist and yet. well that when i showed my daughter the exorcist as i said in the, yeah, in the podcast on horror films she totally freaked out and she wouldn't she wouldn't watch it ever again yeah we just to be clear <laughs> neither gene nor myself are advising you to show the exorcist to anybody under the age of 49 so I think what we're saying is everybody ought to have a great Halloween, a safe one, a good one, and um, enjoy themselves. So if you have any other questions or comments, please feel free to come to uh, the website, tell us what you think, read our blog, and we'll see you next time. I'm Gene Barrasso. And I'm Steve Schlossman. Thanks very much.